Good evening, everybody. Thank you, Daniel, for your song lead. Kevin, thank you for the scripture reading. And I chose that scripture reading uh, this evening uh, from Daniel chapter 5. We're going to be talking about Daniel Lyons then. We started this, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, or probably four weeks ago, I guess. And uh, it just, the weather and different things happened, and we weren't able to continue. But uh, we're going to try to continue tonight. I don't know if we get through it or not. There's quite a bit of stuff. But I was. Uh, in Daniel chapter 5 there, I was, uh, I was struck by the fact that whatever the king, whoever the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Whoever wanted to keep alive, he kept alive. And I've tried to emphasize that throughout my teaching, throughout my lifetime. We need to understand what kingdoms are. There was not but one answer to the king. And what was that? Yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am. Whatever the king or queen. Yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am. There was no, I'll think about it, I'll get back with you, I'll talk about it later. One answer. One answer. There's one answer for the king of the church, and that's Christ. I'm on your side, or I'm not. That's just it. Now, God's not going to strike you dead, just like the kings would have done back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. But there is just but one answer. Jesus says, if you put your hand to the plow, and you look back longingly like you want to go back to the world... You're not fit for the kingdom. And if you're not fit for the kingdom, you will not be part of the kingdom. I think that's important for us to understand. You've got to be all in. That's a term that Will's on the back of his shirt today. He's got a Gary County shirt on. It says all in. That's what coaches try to tell their kids. Everybody, all 12 of you, all 15 of you on the team, only five is going to play at one time. Some of you are not going to hardly play any. But everybody needs to be all in. Have you ever seen a team that everybody wasn't all in? I've seen plenty of them through the years, and they're usually all bad. It usually works out real bad. They never are able to get the championship they want to get or they, they achieve the goals that they want to get because they're not all in. Sometimes you can hear of players in the NBA or college or something that are just they're almost a cancer to the team. They are Not only are they not helping, they may be a good player, but they're almost a detriment, you know, because that can happen in the church, can't it? It can happen in the Lord's kingdom. And you might get away with it here on this world, but you will not get away with it. That cannot be in heaven. So if you're preparing yourself for heaven, you have to say, I'm all in to the Lord's church. King Jesus insists upon it. He will have no other way. You're not going to be struck dead if you don't follow Jesus, but you will be turned away at the judgment day. Daniel, the story, it's, a, it's an outstanding story, the story of Daniel lines then, and the, we've, we're actually covering more of that. And if you'll remember from a few weeks ago, everything's going to be on the board. Uh, you don't have to worry about your, you can look at your Bibles. I certainly don't tell anybody not to look at their Bibles, but you don't have to. The things we will read are from here in the book of Daniel. That's a picture that somebody drew of the, the lion's den. Jehoiakim was king. He rode for 11 years. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came and besieged Jerusalem, and he took it. Okay? He took it. He took it. And he gave them the king of Judah to his hand, the part of that. Now, the king of Judah, though, we, we see, we talked about this just a little bit. The kingdom of Israel was divided because the northern king, with King Jeroboam, decided to sin. How many tribes were there originally? I mean, how many tribes were there? How many sons of, did Jacob have? He had 12, 12 boys, and he had one girl. Twelve of these had boys in, they became leaders of their tribes. And so 10 of them, after a while, became the northern kingdom. And then two of them, 
became Benjamin and Judah became the southern kingdom. And so instead of saying the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, they called it the kingdom of Israel, which was the north, and the kingdom of Judah, which was the south. But it technically was Judah and Benjamin. Okay, Benjamin was the youngest. Uh, Judah was the, that's the tribe that who came from? Jesus came. That was where the kings would come from. David would come from here. Uh, uh, Solomon would come from here. And then Jesus would come from the tribe of Judah. But the northern kingdom has already been taken into captivity. The southern kingdom, they are much better. Rehoboam listened to the bad advice. Jeroboam in the north, uh, he decided he didn't want people going back to Jerusalem. So he said, we'll put idols up here in two different places. And people can worship these idols. Because if they go back to Jerusalem, they might stay. And if they stay, there goes some tax money. There goes some things that I don't want to give up. And so he put up those idols, and so God rejected him. And the Bible repeatedly, I preached a sermon about this one time. Jeroboam, the Bible says, caused the nation of Israel to sin. Jeroboam, who caused the nation of Israel to sin. Would you like that to be your legacy? Lucille, would you like for your legacy to be... Lucille, the lady who calls Stanford to sin. That's a terrible thing. Rehoboam on the other end, uh, the, the, the wise older men told him, they said, be good to the people unlike your father before you, and they will adore you. But then the young advisors came to Rehoboam and said, forget them old guys, they don't know what they're talking about. Be tough on them and make them bow down to you and make them get it, get it, get it. And they will, work, they will have to fear you. And it did not work. He should have listened to the older guys because the people became rebellious. And now King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, king of Babylon, he has come to Jerusalem and besieged it. What's it mean to besiege something? Take over. Take over. When they came out here, uh, right now they're trying their very best to build a, a replica of the fort that was here at Fort Logan. Okay? Why did they have to have a fort, Jimmy? To stay safe. When the Indians attacked, as well they might do back in those days, you better have some place to go because they will besiege it. In the summer of 1777 or the fall, they did besiege it. And uh, uh, one man was killed out here. Oftentimes it would be oftentimes more than that. But, so Jehoiakim, he's the king of Judah, and he was uh, given into the hand of, of the king, of king Nebuchadnezzar. Where was Babylon? What part of the world is Babylon? It's a wreck, yeah. It's an area between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. It was called the Fertile Crescent, wasn't it? They're right down there. It still is. The Fertile Crescent. Why would they call it the Fertile Crescent? Anybody that's ever farmed knows about fertile land, okay? And if, if, you, if, you, don't have, if you say, well, this land is a, well, we've got a real farm out here for sale, but now it's not fertile at all. If you're a farmer, oh, got to, you get away from that. But if they say, oh, it's fertile, rich bottomlands, oh, yeah, might be interested in that. Might be interested in that. This was called the Fertile Crescent, and Daniel says it still is. It's a really, really good place, you know, to live in that part of the world. Uh, so he, he, he uh, King Nebuchadnezzar takes the land, and he, he carried, he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, he has gone into the temple in Jerusalem. And there were vessels in there, certain vessels and certain things that were holy. And he brought those back and used them in idol worship, okay? Terrible, terrible, terrible thing for God's people. Could not get any worse. But pretty common 
Pretty common. Yes. Anything that has happened, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw it the other day. There was something like it said the British Museum. Everything in the British Museum was stolen. Yeah. But it said yeah. like this. That this. It's kind of like the Smithsonian is in America. But there are all of these these artifacts that are just thousands of years old yeah. that came from places that they just conquered and then they yeah. just took the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's kind of a way of like proving your superiority over the group that you right. take. If you go into their church or their temple and you take all their stuff, mm -hmm. then that leaves them sort of defeated as mm -hmm. well. And it kind of elevates yourself. We see that with three-year-olds, don't we? Three-year-old wants a toy and the little one-year-old boy has got it. And little Johnny that's three wants little bites little toy and what does he do reach and grab it and so then you got to fight you know you got to falling and hollering and mommy and daddy got to get in the bitch or nothing you've seen it it's just what happens <coughs> and so Nebuchadnezzar he brings these uh, people back they brought back slaves they wanted to keep some young people for slaves why would you want to keep young people for slaves uh, and for maybe uh, in this case people that are got some knowledge uh, you could, they can help you can't they they can help you, okay? If somebody said, just say we lived in the days of 1800s and everybody rode a horse, and they said, now Shelby Roy, they, when you take over Crab Orchard over here, they've got a hundred of the best horsemen in the world. These guys are the best. They can ride and shoot and do everything. You probably wouldn't want to kill those guys, would you? You'd want to incorporate them into your army, okay? This is going to be my cavalry, and these guys here are tough, okay? And so that's what the armies would do. It was self-serving. It was 100% self-serving. They weren't keeping them because they liked them. They weren't keeping them because they thought they were, you know, uh, they, they weren't keeping them for any other reason except we need these guys. We might can use them down the road. And so that's exactly what they did. So he said, he brought these people back, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning and knowledge and understanding science. We uh, have refugees come to America all the time. And I don't know, it, it, that's, a, that's a source of contention a lot of times. But there's a whole lot of people that have come to the United States that have been outstanding contributors to the United States. It'd be un unbelievable how many that there has been. People that have really, 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 thank goodness they came because they helped us uh, become the nation we have. And so the king says, well, take care of these young men. Uh, these are going to be some of my aides and some of my understudies and I will take care of them. So... Feed them good. These are not going to be your slaves that's going to be beat down working out the field. These are going to be slaves that's going to be well taken care of. And uh, nurse them for three years, and then they stand before the king. And their names were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But he changed them, their names. And we talked about this about a month ago. He changed their names into, into names that would be more easy to understand. If somebody's name said they were Hananiah, and, you know, you might say, what about Hannah? You know, that would be maybe easier to understand. Or Azariah, you know, what about Azar or something like that? You know, just, you could, or what about I? We always do that. But they wanted names to be uh, the Chaldean or the Babylonian uh, language where people could understand. He changed their names. Daniels, he changed, seemed like from us, which were pretty easy to, not so easy, with Belshazzar. And Hananiah, the Shadrach, and the Mishael, and Meshach, and Azariah, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have learned those names through the years. We'll talk more about them in a minute. This is what they mean. Daniel means God is my judge. Uh, and it, for, it's the word Belteshazzar and Chaldee, the treasurer of Baal. And they had all these gods. We talked about that. Hananiah signifies the Lord has been gracious to me 
and uh, which name be exchanged to Shadrach, which is Chaldee, the inspiration of the Son, God, the author of evil, be propitious to us, that God preserve us from evil. Mishael, he who comes from God, was his, was his Hebrew name, and they changed it to Meshach, he who belongs to the goddess Shishak. And Azariah, they changed from being called the Lord is my helper, they changed it to Abednego, which means a servant of Nego, who's one of the divinities, but which either meant the sun or the morning star, whether Jupiter or the... So the names were changed. And then that was just for simplicity's sake. They wanted to have Babylonian names. Or, and when you say Babylonian, you say Chaldee, those are the same thing. There's the same group of people, okay? We are Kentuckians. We are Lincoln Countyans, primarily some Gary Countyans here. And uh, maybe some Rockcastle County people, but we are also Kentuckians. We are also Central Kentuckians. We are also people in the United States. We are Americans. So Daniel said, "I'm not going to eat this stuff. I'm going to eat one of these people." And so he decided he would not eat this. And uh, he tells the the eunuch, there, the guys in charge, very nice guys, seem like this eunuch needs to be nice because he wants to make sure these boys are treated properly. Because if you don't, what? Got answer to the king. Got answer to the king. So he said, just give us a pulse, and we'll talk about that in just a moment there. The pulse, it's grains and wheats and things such as that. And give us water to drink. Don't give us the wine, don't give us your meat, give us the things that we're used to eating. And so, and in the end of ten days, their countenance was appeared fair and fatter and flesh, and all the children which they'd eat the portion of the king. What they were eating was better for them. Pulse is seeds or grains such as barley, wheat, rye, peas, etc. Okay? They vegetables, okay? A vegetarian type diet. And in this instance here, compared to what they could have eaten from the king's table, this was better for them. It probably may have been what they were used to. I don't know, but it worked better for them. These four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning. And Daniel was even able to understand visions and dreams. Uh, and the others maybe didn't, but he did. And the king communed with them. What does that mean? What does it mean to commune with someone? We do it every Sunday morning, don't we? We have communion, okay? And we do it together. We do it together. We eat and we drink. Now, we, we just do a, 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 a sampling. You know, we don't have a big meal. But they commune together, okay? You do it all the time with your family. You commune together. And it's really nice when you get your family together and everybody sit down at the table and have a nice meal. We can talk. What are you, what are you planning on doing? What concerns you? That's just what people do. That's what the king was doing with these boys. They stood before the king. Now, this is an honor for them. They're slaves. They could have easily had their heads cut off or stabbed with a sword just as easy as they could have been taken captive. But they were taken captive and they wound up like Joseph. In a rough, you know, rough place. And this ain't not what we wanted, but we're going to make the most of it. In all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Ten times better than anybody. So the king probably pretty happy I brought these boys in. I mean, I am glad these young people are, they're pretty sharp. This, and, this, this, this seems to me like a situation where you've heard the same person tell the same thing a hundred times. Yeah. You know, like, I, these guys, I wouldn't know that these would be called advisors. You wouldn't say that. Right. But, you know, if you're in a situation, because what we read there earlier said if, if the king was unhappy, you could, you know, he put you to death. And so if you're going to talk to the king, you might sort of 
kind of stage your opinion in a way that it's not going to upset it. Yeah. And I mean, not to get ahead of it, but Daniel will not do that. Right. But, you know, sometimes it sounds like there may be some honesty here that he liked more than anything else yeah. uh, from, from these people. He feels like he's learning about learning mm -hmm. about them and he's yeah. probably trying to figure out more about the, the Israelites and all that. And uh, it seems like he appreciates them maybe more yeah. than his own people because he's tired of hearing his own people. I think you're 100% right. It's an outstanding point. Uh, sometimes you can surround yourself with advisors that are just yes men, right? Yes, yes, that's a good idea, great, great idea. Yeah, I'm gonna drive the car over here, clip my honey mommy. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, it just, we might say but yes, you know, we might say something like that, and sometimes you work with people like that. And sometimes, like Emma said, it's much better to hear some different view, you know. Uh, to me, if I'm in charge of something, I want people to be honest with me. Now, don't you all? I'd much rather be honest. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm doing something to my vehicle and Kevin pretty smart about vehicles, I would want Kevin to say, Shelby, don't do that. That's stupid. That's stupid. Okay? You're not stupid, but what you're doing is going to be stupid. Tell me. I want to know. I don't want to do something stupid. I don't want to mess up my car or whatever my truck. But Daniel continued even to the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel would serve under four different kings. We'll talk about that later. That's not important right now. But the first king that he's serving under is uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Spirit was troubled, and I told you about four weeks ago the terrible, the silly dream I had. So he called the magicians and all the astrologers and sources and Chaldean to tell the king his dream. Okay, Kevin came in here tonight and said, I dreamed a dream last night. Shall we tell me what it was? What, what was it about, Kevin? And Kevin said, I can't remember. But you gotta tell me, Shelby. If you don't, I'm going to kill you. Uh, that's a hard request. That's a hard request. And said, oh, the, oh, king, this is a common saying that day. Oh, king, live forever. You know, God save the king. Long live the king. Tell the dream. We'll, we'll tell you what it means. We, that's not a problem. But you've got to tell us. And the king said, it's gone from me. In other words, I can't remember. I had a dream, but I cannot remember what it is. And they said, if you're not making known to me the dream with the interpretation there, you'll be cut in pieces in your house. It should be made a dumb meal. Okay? This, is, this ain't playing around, this is Kevin. This ain't playing around. You tell me what I dreamed. Well, what is it? We'll, we'll tell you what it means if you'll tell Don't know what it is. I forgot. Everybody's had dreams. And you wake up and think, oh, man. And then five minutes later, you don't want that dream one. You can't remember it for nothing. We all do that. This is not uncommon. But he brought them in and he said, I, I want to know. And so the guy said, this is a rare thing you require. There's none other that can show up for the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. The only person who can tell you that would be some supernatural god. And they don't even live around here. Right? We can't go get them. They're up in Pluto and Jupiter and all this. So the king is angry, very angry, very fierce, commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Okay, you're one of the wise men. That's a bad deal, third folks. This, this guy ain't playing. I told you, you got to do what the king says. When he says, interpret the dream, tell him what it is. You better interpret the dream and tell him what it is. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they saw Daniel and his fellow. So Daniel, you're one of the wise men. You, you, uh, Meshach, you're three of the wise men. Don't kill them all. That, the king didn't make no exceptions for nobody. Either tell me what I dream, tell me what it meant, or you're all going to be put to death. It could not make it easier. <clears throat> Daniel answered prayers to the king. The secret which the king is demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there's a God in heaven who reveals, reveals secrets, 
and he has made known King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. Daniel hears this message and he said, he said, I can't interpret the dream, but God can. God alone knows what the dream was. And God would reveal this miraculously to Daniel. Daniel was just like me or you. He was a good man. But he did not know what the dream was until God revealed it to him. He said, oh, you, while you slept, King, you were watching. Behold, a great image. A great image. His splendor was excellent. stood before you. His form was awesome. The king's image's head was of fine gold. Its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image of its feet of iron and clay and broke the pieces. <coughs> then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like this chaff from the sun reflection floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. King, what you saw was an image in your dream. And it was an image like a man. And it had a head of gold. And it had uh, its chest and arms were made of silver. Its belly and thighs of bronze. Its legs of iron. Its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Different materials make up this. And those different materials that make this up all of a sudden in your dream, you see a rock. You know where the rock come from. It was cut from the mountain miraculously. And this rock starts beating and banging on this big image. And what does it do? It destroys it completely. And it, those, the, stones, the stone crushed this iron and it crushed this gold. It crushed this silver. It crushed this clay. It crushed it until it was like the chaff which the wind drives away. What does that mean? What is chaff? It's the top of the wheat. It's the top of the wheat. When you eat wheat, or you want to gather wheat, you want the grain, okay? You don't care about the chaff. Uh, you see that with when they're doing, we see it with soybeans around here, real common, okay? When they go do that, what do they want, Jim? They want the bean. And what do they do with the residue? Leave it on the field. And it'll get plowed up for next year or put in the field for next year. Don't want the chaff. There's no market for the chaff. It's not. Yeah, it would probably hurt you, but it would taste terrible, and it would not do you any good. Whereas the beans, if you eat them, can do you a world of good. And uh, if you ever went to the drugstore and somebody walked in there and said, "Boys, I had the best chaff you ever seen this year," <laughs> they have that. You know. And sometimes we see that with corn, corn, corn maybe, or or soybean. They got a great, good plant, but maybe it's been too wet or too dry or something. But there's really no beans. Well, it's not very good. But this stuff. This hard, hard stuff is so, it's gone. It's just the wind carries it away. This is the dream. Now we have the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand, has made you ruler over them. You are the head of God. Okay, that's the first part. The head of God, that's you, King Nebuchadnezzar. But after you shall rise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over the earth, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, the kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. 
Whereas you saw the feeding coats, partly plumbers clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. If the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in those days, the kings of God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Insomuch you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and broken pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and interpretation is sure. The dream is certain. Daniel is telling the king, this is 100% right. It's certain. The interpretation is certain. This ain't no guessing at it. God from heaven has revealed it to me, and I am telling to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, you're the stone, okay? And after you, he don't use these words, but the Medo-Persian, a divided kingdom will come, and it will perish. It will go away. And then the Greek empire will rise, and it will vanish. And then the Roman empire will rise. And during the Roman empire, the rock gets cut out of the mountain. And the rock that got magically cut out of the mountain is Jesus the Christ. God will send His Son and He will overcome the Roman kingdom. Okay? And then He will go and sit on His throne at the right hand of God. He will institute the church and the church will be established which shall never be destroyed. If you die tonight... In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, they can blow the world up with nuclear bombs. They can dig your body up and cut it into 500 trillion pieces. They can burn a thing, throw it in the ocean. You will never be able to be taken from the kingdom of God for his church. Amen. Amen, folks. If you're in God's kingdom, if you're in the Lord's church, you are safe and secure. Don't worry about something. The United States may fall. It may fall in 100 years, 200 years, 500 years. It may last a long, long time. But it may fall. The kingdom of China. It may, it's not a kingdom, but I mean the country of China. It may not be a world power 100 years from now. Because one time, Babylon was a big world power. Now they can't really even find it. Okay? The Medo-Persian Empire, it's not, it's not, it's not really a, a player anymore. The Greek Empire, you ever turn to the news on and say, well, we're worried about Greek attacking somebody? Probably not. Well, these are bold statements. I know you're getting, not to get ahead of you, but they're bold statements yes. to make to the king yes. Yes. that in effect, your kingdom is going to fail. Your kingdom will fail. You know, and, and, you know, he had, uh, he had you, you, we read in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, you even put verse 6 up there, that if they were accurate in their depictions, it says that uh, if you tell the dream its interpretation, you'll receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. And so, you know, it, it being honest, and it's in, it'll be interesting to see, do you get the, you know, if honesty is telling the king he's going to fail, do you right. still get the right. reward as a result right. of it? Have you ever heard uh, people say, uh, uh, don't kill the messenger, I'm just bringing you the message, you know, the message is bad. There's a lot of people that, that went and told the king something, the king didn't like it, they cut him down right on the spot. King, the army's coming from, you know, across the way and they're going there's 10,000 of them and the king oh, killed him 
Because why did he kill him? He told the truth. He didn't want to hear the bad news. This is a risk right here that Daniel, but the king knows it's come back to him, okay? It's come back to him. This cat here has stepped right up there. His God has told him what to say, and he told him exactly like that. I remember it now. He remembers it. And he was exactly right. But I love, he said, the dream is certain. Its interpretation is sure. Daniel believed that the church was coming, okay? Daniel believed Jesus is coming, and the church is coming. He prophesied it here. And you know what? He's understood right. The dream is certain. And said, you dreamed it, king, but you're exactly right. What you dreamed is exactly right, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And we can look back at it thousand years, thousands of years later, and you know what? It's exactly right. Where's the Medo-Persian Empire? Don't exist. Where's the Greek Empire? It does not exist. Where's the Roman? It does not exist. Where's the Babylonian? It does not exist. Okay. What about the Lord's church? Right here. Right now. It's right here and right now. King's happy. They, Daniel, a great man. Gave him, he gave him bad news. But he still knew. Daniel knew exactly what he saw. Gave him many great gifts. Made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. And chief of the governors over the wise men. He is the king's right hand man. And what he did, at great peril to himself, is he talked to God and he told the king the truth. Okay? And that's what we need to do, folks, is tell people the truth. We need to say it in kindness and in goodness and gentleness, but we need to say, there's coming to that. We sing the song, there's coming to that. That one of these days, this life will be over. One of these days, the world will cease. We think right now the United States is all there is. And we're, we love our country, we're proud of our country, we should be. But we have to understand there's something much, much greater than the United States. Something much, much greater than the entire world. What would man give in exchange for his son? The entire world? No. Nebuchadnezzar <coughs> then, so then uh, he, he decides, I'm going to make an image go whose height was 60 cubits. A cubit is 18 inches, with 6 cubits. He set up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. These were idol worshippers. Just because Daniel told him this did not make him stop worshiping idols. That's just what they did. They, they believed in all sorts of things. It, Here's what the deal is. Peoples, nations, languages. At that time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the softening, and simply with all kinds of music. You shall fall down and worship the golden image of King Nebuchadnezzar set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, once again, ain't playing, okay? He is not playing. You either do what I say, or I'll throw you into the furnace, okay? I will throw you into the burning, fiery Who would like that? Uh, yes. As the leader of the country, this is important for him to do because the word comes back that the Israelites, God, has given the ability to interpret the dream. That makes the Israelite God stronger yeah. than him. And he's heard this dream said that his kingdom's going to fall. So he's got to figure out a way here to strengthen, you know, if you let people worship something different or they don't, if you say, well, we'll build this image, but they don't have to come in and build, right. then you're taking, you're starting your own demise. So it's yeah. important for him, on the, you know, almost as soon as this, to reestablish himself as the most important person and to, and to have punishments for those who refuse to worship yeah. the way he wants them to. That's exactly right. But this is the deal. He's made a gold image, and this is what you have to work. When you hear the music play, you fall down on your knees and you worship the image. And so some of the people 
are a little jealous of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're just a little jealous. You don't ever see that anymore, but people used to be jealous. They still are jealous. In a time that dies 10,000 more years, Kelly, they'll still be jealous. Won't they? People are jealous, okay? Well, Kevin's doing good. I hate that. I hate him. You know, instead of being happy, you know. Well, Shorty, she's doing her. I hate that. I wish she, you know. Isn't that awesome? When we say it out loud, we laugh about it. We think it's just funny. But there's people that feel that way. Well, she's prettier than me. I sure hate her. You know, well, he's taller than me. He's a better basketball player. He's smarter than me. I hate him. You know, what is, you know, but that's how we do, don't we? And there's people that did not like these guys, and they wanted So they come, they, they, these other people, there's certain Jews that you've settled the affairs of Babylon, and let's just tell you, King, what's going on. This Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, oh, they've not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring these three in for the brought before the king. Is it true that you do not serve our gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? They says, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. And he's he questioned about it, and they basically say, No, we're not doing it. Uh, if that's the case of God, if you're going to throw us in the, into the fiery furnace, if you're going to throw us in there, we'll skip some stuff here. He's able to deliver us from the fire, burning fire. He delivers from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set Now, we hear cases like this sometimes, people in foreign lands and stuff like that get in trouble. And they said either you fall down and worship this unknown god, or this false god, or you die. And I've seen pictures and heard stories of people having their heads cut off because they would not do that. Okay? They would not do that. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you said. We serve the God of Israel. Is there a lesson there for us? Absolutely. There's absolutely a lesson. Now the king, as we said earlier, when the king says the decree, you have got to follow. But these boys are standing there looking him right in the eye and saying, we are not going to follow your brother. He was full of fury. The expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast him, cast him into the burning fire furnace. I love this when they say certain mighty men of valor. That's a, that's a common term in the, in, the, in the Bible, and I like it. Mighty men of valor, okay? Strong, courageous brave, okay? If someone is protecting me, I'd like to have courageous, mighty men of valor, would you? Weak, timid, scared men of, of crybaby, would you? Which one? You know, mighty men of valor. Get these, get these people out of my sight. Heat the furnace seven times more than it needs to be. I'm through with them. I'm done with them. Get them out of my sight. We're going to make an example out of you three kids. You don't want to obey the king. You don't have to you're going into the furnace. You're going in there right now. And these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments that were cast in the midst of the burning fire. Fully dressed, these great, big, strong, mighty men of valor grab them and toss them into the furnace. And they've got a thing they can do about it except get tossed. If two or three big, strong, mighty men of valor get a hold of you and they want to throw you into the furnace, you're going into the furnace. That's exactly what happened. 
There because the king's man was urged in the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was so hot. Have you ever been around the fire and it was so hot you couldn't be close to it? And you think, I just want to get that stick and throw it into the fire. Oh, you, oh man. You know, part before it. You know, I've done that a thousand times because, you know, you've got to get that one more stick and throw it. Now, I've never burnt myself to that. But these guys here, to be able to toss these prisoners in there, you know, these, these bad guys in there, they had to get real close. And when they did, it killed them. It killed the mighty men of battle. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound to the midst of the burning fire fire. Seven times hotter than it ever had been. Seven. That's a lot more. That is a lot more. I had a fellow one time come to want to sell me some wood. And uh, he said, he said, we talked about some wood that I, he said, I see you got me. He didn't realize until he drove up to the house anyway. He said, I see you've got some uh, 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 Osage orange or the, the what, what they call them, the crap, the, the trees got the big things on what they give me. Hedge up. Hedge up. Well, it's real, yeah, it's real easy to identify. And he said, my kids, he said, we live in a trailer. And he said, my kids, I had a bunch of that wood. He said, you just got to mix a little bit along with your other wood. Because it burns really, 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 really hot. Anybody knows fires know that. And he said, they melted my stove back on the house while he was gone. And he said, you be careful with that. He was just giving me some warning. He's right. It will melt your stove. If you just put straight hedge out of wood, if it's dry, it will melt your stove. But honey, it'll warm that house up one day. But you put, you put maple in there and you got fire, but you didn't get any too hot. But these guys got the fire seven times hotter than normal. Uh, so they fall down to the midst of the burning fire furnace. And the king's looking into the furnace and he said, Whoa, wait a minute. I see four people loose walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. This is a hard verse for everybody. It's a hard verse for me. It's a hard verse for you. We don't really know. It's always considered. It's fourth is like the Son of God. The fourth is like Jesus. That's what it looks like. There's four people in there. No question. There's four people. God, the Bible does not even say who this is. It does not say is it an angel. It does not say is it Jesus. But the king thinks it's the Son of God. Okay. Now this is the king that believes in idols. He believes in thousands and thousands of God's <coughs> And they're, they're walking around down here in the fiery furnace that was so hot it burned up the guys that threw them in. And so I, I'm not, y'all have any comments or questions about the big furnace? It's a big furnace. There's four people in there. The king's not blind. And he's not stupid. And he says it looks like the son of man. And in my mind it was. Okay? In my mind it was. The Bible does not go any further than that. Uh, and, so we can't say it without a spirit. And the preachers, governors, captains, kings, councils, being gathered together, saw these men, while these bodies of fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head seized, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on us. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you burn a wood stove, you'll, you'll smell like smoke if you've been feeding the fire very much during the day. If you've been out burning the brush pile, when you go in, your clothes smell like smoke. Your hands smell like smoke. Hair smells like smoke. Until you take a shower, you're going to smell like smoke, okay? These guys don't even smell like smoke. Not a hair of their head. Now, this fire is so strong, it can kill the guys that throw them in there. Mighty men of battle. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he's impressed. He is really impressed. I made him creep. 
that any people, nation, or language who speaks anything against God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces, and their houses shall be made of ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Another decree. Don't say anything bad about these boys ever again. Because there's nobody else can do this except the God that saved these boys. Nebuchadnezzar dies and is placed, replaced by Belshazzar. He's the king, so Belshazzar becomes the next king. Uh, he has a drunken feast, an orgy type situation. He has people come, and the vessels that they use were the vessels they had stolen from the temple of God. Pour the wine, pour the liquor, pour whatever they drink. Put it in those vessels. Use those vessels. They're items. We got them. Well, God didn't like this, okay? These are holy vessels. God did not like it. And so Belshazzar, son of Nebuchadnezzar, he's one of them, not Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar made his speech. And he saw fingers of a handwriting, a message on the wall. So he sees this while, of course, he's drunk. And he's uh, high, and he's incapacitated. But he sees writing on the wall. And so this is scary. And here's what was written. Mene, Mene, of Sarsen. This is the interpretation of the thing. Daniel would tell him what this is. God had numbered your kingdom and finished it. You're weighing the balances and are not found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So the Medes take part of it, the Persians will take the other part of it. Okay. That's what you saw when you saw the right. Nebuchadnezzar, here's your son, Belshazzar, and he has made this drunken feast, this orgy, using God's sacred things. And Daniel says, this is what this is what you saw. You saw handwriting on the wall. Yes, Daniel. It's really a repeat of the first story. Yes. Because he calls in at the beginning of chapter 5, he calls in his the Babylonian, uh, I think it says soothsayers and uh, astrologers right, and all right. that. And none of them were able to interpret it. And then they, they remind him, well, there's this guy that had done this once before. Uh, you know, he, he had died. Obviously, Nebuchadnezzar's thoughts on Daniel have not necessarily carried down to his right, son. Right, right. And Nebuchadnezzar, after we, we left that part out, but Nebuchadnezzar would lose his mind and uh, he would wander around the fields and eat grass and sleep outside in the fields. He lost his mind. He went completely crazy. And they would feed him grass just like a cow, okay? He completely lost his mind. That's another aspect of the story we did not. But then his son, Belshazzar, uh, he's told this is what your God has numbered your kingdom and he's finished. You're weighing in the balances and you found one. Your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and the Persians, and that is exactly what it, that very night. Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. We'll stop right there. So the, the Medo-Persian Empire, they pretty much, I don't know what percentage, but part of it went to the Medes, part of it went to the Persians. Where's Persia in today's world? Iran. Iran. Persia is Iran, okay? That's the part and so... Uh, Babylon here, you know, uh, was uh, Iraq. And uh, you think, well, they, they seem like they've been having trouble over there. And uh, we, we laugh about it sometimes because they have certainly been having trouble over there. And I've made this comment on several occasions. Uh, they'll say the oil prices have gone up because there's trouble in the Middle East. Now, that's the worst reason ever. There's been trouble in the Middle East since 
you know, before there was a Middle East almost. But anyway, that's our story for this evening. And we'll put, I mean, we'll put our songs up there for the next one, honey. And uh, anybody have any questions? We will continue. And I may Sunday morning, I'm not sure if I'll teach or Brent will teach. But anyway, if I don't, I'll do it next Wednesday night. We'll finish this up. Uh, we're, getting to, we're getting to Daniel in the lines then. We just haven't got there yet. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, are, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a great book. And there's parts of it we can't understand. It's a prophetic book. And we learn about how he prophesied that Jesus would come and set up his kingdom. And the kingdom would have no end. You all are all members of the church. Uh, and uh, we're glad that you are. I'm certainly glad when I read or hear about somebody that's a member of the Lord's church, if they do die, I hate hearing about their death. And it certainly pleased me to know that people are, have been faithful members of the Lord's church. That's, that makes me feel better. Uh, we have to leave this world ready to go. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. We've talked about that from time to time. And it's absolutely true. Uh, it's... There will be little babies in heaven by the countless millions that never was able to make the right decision about being becoming a Christian. God will save them. There will be people with limited mental abilities that uh, cannot make the right decision about whether to become a member of the Lord's church. They're as good as gold. God will take care of them. There's no question. But those of us that have sound reasoning, adult minds that can understand what we need to do to be saved, we need to do that. And we need to not put it off. Because every day that we look at the internet or the newspaper or the obituaries, we see people that's died. And uh, it's sad just because many times they're quite young. And uh, Kevin's friend the other day, we thought he was younger than he was, but he still was 57. 57 is incredibly young uh, to die. Uh, and it happens all the time. And even 80 is, a, is, is young. And 85 is young. 90 is young. Because... Life goes by so very quickly. If anyone has any need whatsoever this evening, please let us know as Daniel leads us an invitation song.